Okay, today is promised. I am going to drop the bombshell. It's not really a bombshell, but you might not like this very much. Some won't, anyway. Thing is, I really enjoy helping people break their bad habits. What I've seen is how a lot of people give up one vice, say drinking or something, but then they get stuck in another addiction. They trade off. It's very common for people who give up, say, alcohol or drugs, for example, and they get addicted to something else like nicotine, to vaping or cigars. Listen, I, I worked on Wall Street 17 years in the financial services industry. I know how to depreciate a big fat Cuban, okay? <laughs> not, a, not a person. A cohiba. <laughs> a special occasion, a celebratory cigar, like for the birth of a baby or the close of a big business deal. I get it, okay? But to relax... You suck on one of those, or a punch, or a cohiba, or whatever, every day, then you're using. You still have a need. Cigarettes, not so much anymore. They've kind of fallen out of favor, mostly. But cigars, still a drug. E-devices, jewels, vaping, whatever. Or they give that up, and then they gain 50 pounds. They make up for the deficit of pleasure with food. Or sex. A pornography addiction, a fixation with sexuality, with orgasm, the big O, that's a drug. It can be. Hands down. I work with a lot of people in recovery, drug addicts and alcoholics and whatnot. And hands down, the number one single biggest obstacle for alcoholics and drug addicts in recovery is internet pornography. It's true. Or how about ex-drug addicts? Hardcore, mostly. They'll become obsessed with bodybuilding. Ripped! You see these huge guys at the gym. Endogenous morphine. That's the addiction. Just a different delivery system, that's all. The same brokenness, it's still there. The same, the same underlying anger doing its thing. It's not recovering, it's copping out. You're compensating. And some see the value in that painful route. I get it. I get it. The idea is to live long enough to eventually get free from it all. But that's really, really rare. Is it possible to become a bodybuilder and also remain a normal, God-conscious human being? Of course. Just like it's possible to puff on a cigar or have a slice of wedding cake. But it's why you do it. That's the thing. If you must suck on that stogie every day, if you must eat that whipped cream and iced cake every day or apple pie, whatever it is, apple strudel, if you must have sex two or three times a day, even every day, or else you feel incomplete, then you have a problem. You've converted something ordinary, something normal to satisfy a need, a need that's sourced in something dark within you that you don't recognize but will kill you. You have to be wary. You have to be wary about fly fishing. A person with an unwholesome need can abuse a ham sandwich, and the sandwich will kill them. Well, a lot of sandwiches. I would like to help you get rid of those, those bad habits, those addictions, and I know how. And we were talking about how every addiction, every fixation that you have with anything, anything at all, it has to do with not with the thing that you're addicted to, 
but to a need, an unwholesome demand. You have to think of it that way. You smoke, for example, because you need what the nicotine does. It brings relief. You smoke because you need what the nicotine does. It brings relief. You abuse food. You overeat because you need what the food does. It brings relief. You need the relief supplied by alcohol, by sex, the shopping, the gambling, whatever it is, because these are distractions. They distract you. They modify your brain chemistry. And the relief, the distraction, is the manipulation of neurotransmitters in your brain. Inside your nucleus accumbens, that's your reward circuitry. You're abusing your own brain. That's what you need to feel right. You don't really need all that glorious food, all that physical satiation. You need what the food does inside your brain, how it makes you feel. You're a feelings freak. The need for distraction, the need for relief develops while you are unconscious. And the solution for what raises the need develops while you are awake. You get free. Ah, you see? The key to it is right there. That's how you get well. That's how you get free. You wake up. It's just that simple. Your relationships with people would become virtuous and wholesome. You'd be able to eat without abusing food. You'd be able to take a prescription medication or not take them either way, but for the right reason. You'd never suffer in romance, in business dealings, or friendships. The going gets tough, of course, but you meet the tough with tough, within you, with grace, within you. You'd never agonize with overwhelming anxiety or depression or fear. Bipolar disorder? Gone. ADD? Gone. Your immune system would work at maximum. Do you know what diseases, what illnesses you'd avoid that way? Immune system disorders? Look that up. Google what those are. I'm talking about miracles here. Healing for real. Not that phony church stuff that preachers pushing people to the ground and yelling. That's bullshit. Or that kooky energy healing, universal energy through the palms and through the hands. You see how crazy those people are? You see what messes they are? All that's needed is to hear me when I say, wake up, come out of your thinking. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. <laughs> See, no one's ever shown you how to come out of your head. Not properly. And you get stuck there. Well, maybe they've tried. Maybe you've tried, but you've failed. Please don't be insulted by this. Everyone does. I'm not sitting on some spiritual mountaintop talking down to you. Everyone fails. Everyone's done it. We've all struggled with impatience toward an imperfect world. And in the struggle, we experience nervousness, anxiety, and it overtakes us. We get annoyed. We become intolerant. And then we're overwhelmed with emotions. And once that happens, we're controlled by anyone who can get under our skin, anyone who can get a rise out of us. You become weak before them. Men... Have a lady like that, who you're weak before, who demands your worship, she's got you. Ladies, you have a man like that? Do anything to keep you happy so you'll continue to please him until he makes you 
sick to your stomach. You're both being manipulated. It's not love. I don't care what gender you are or what gender you think you are or claim to be or whoever you are, a boss, a next-door neighbor. Are you a student? How about a professor, someone you work with, anyone who can upset you, who can tease you or make you angry? Either way, you get upset and then you become drained. You give up your energy, energy that's packed into your God-given, otherwise natural life force. You give it over to your tormentors. They suck you dry. Those who upset you, that's why they do it. They can't help it. It's their obsession. Forgive them. That's what they do. They don't know any other way. But you can't forgive them. You can't let go as long as you are lost in your thinking. You cannot know love. Not for them, not at all. You know why? Because anger remains inside you. And that's all you can do is be upset with them, with the world, with anything. Anything that's not perfect. Anything that's not serving your comforts. You disgusting pig. Sorry. And now for the shocker. <laughs> Who wants to listen to this, right? Go ahead. Click me off. Not what you want to hear. Just click away from the podcast. You want happy talk. You want memes, not truth, not the truth that sets us free. You don't want to be free. Maybe you'd rather just scowl at what I'm saying, shaking your head at me, judging. Hey, if the shoe fits, knock yourself out. Look, here it is. The very first tormentors to get free from are your parents. Dead, alive, the walking dead, disenfranchised or living in your house, you see them, you don't see them, it doesn't matter. It's your parents. They are first. Anger and judgment toward them, you have to look at it. Those are your first tyrants. That is where the seed is sown. The seed of sin. Your sin. Your God playing. And you project it into everyone that you've ever met even into your own children, even into your children's children. Get it? Grandma? Grandmama? None of us can ever live peacefully. You cannot have the spiritual experience that I'm talking about without forgiveness, and you cannot experience that until you're first giving up hating your own parents. That's charity, kindness, and tolerance, and judging others. It begins at home. See what that means? Under your own roof. So what do you think of this? Do you think I'm crazy? You don't believe me? How about the story of your life then? Maybe I can connect with you there. Your innocent beginning, but there was a moment of an invasion. It was psychic. It was unseen, but it was there, and it was an invasion. First contact with an alien force. It is like Star Trek. And no one not a single human being who has ever lived, who will ever live, or who lives today, can avoid it. We all go through it. Everyone who's ever been born. Now, there are two exceptions to that, right? But aside from those two guys, we all get it. It happened first with your mom, then your dad. You have to forgive them in that reverse order. First dad, then mom. And if you do that, the world will follow. You will love 
That is what will project through you. Each time the thought of what your parents did, how they did it, what happened as a result, each time that arises, whatever it is, everyone's got their own backstory, all similar, but you own it. These memories bring the opportunity to love and to not judge, to forgive. It doesn't matter how big or how small. Some people have tremendous traumas to face. Parents who are rotten to the core. I mean, wicked, evil, terrible people. Others, small imperfections, human peccadilloes, and everything in between. They all count. Imagined, some could be. Real. Oh yeah, some are quite real. Every human imperfection in a parent that you've ever judged counts. See how you've been set up? Conned. And it's been going on for all of your life. Because as you judged your parents, you were conditioned to respond again and again with the same anger to everybody, bosses, friends, a spouse, anyone who pushes your buttons, anyone who gets a rise out of you, just like your mother did, just like your father did. You're reliving it over and over and over. The emotional responses toward any stress is the opposite of love. It's judging. It's negatively charged thinking. It is hate by any other name. That's what it is. And if you've ever been upset even once by a parent, a teacher, a bully of any kind, an adult, a young person, it doesn't matter, then the nature of that individual has defiled you and it's gotten inside of you. And now you're compelled. And now you're compelled to respond with emotion to the violation. You're a slave. A slave to your playing God. That's the real sin. That's the right word. Like it or not. Religion's got nothing to do with it. This is the contagious nature of resentment. And once you're infected, you're addicted. You're addicted to the hate, and you're addicted to the objects of the hate. And they control you. You lose your voice. It's why you can't speak up to people who've harmed you, to people you take objection to. You can't advocate on your own behalf. There's only one way to get free. You have to stop trading energies with your oppressors. There is a quiet force that we can access that rises above that din of the babble that's in your brain. It's a neutrality. It places us in a position of superiority. Not superiority in, a, in an egotistical sense, but metaphysically elevated. It's where our perceptions are clear and we rise above the injustices that we see. And they're reliable. And they're true. When you're awake, aware, and conscious this way, you can trust your gut. You can see situations and intuitively know what to do, what to say in any situation. It happens when we're awake, then we're automatically confident, not cocky, but sure. We laugh at doubt. It gives us the advantage in dealing with stress, the stressful people who, get ready for it, they know not what they do. Forgive. Don't hate. Forgive your parents. Memories, even those that go back decades, they can come back and provoke us and tempt us to become upset. And if not met with this neutrality, then bitterness just rises up and, and then we stuff them back in. We get sick. It overloads us with negativity, with doubt. 
You can never know love for another human being when you're suppressing anger like that. Forgive them. If you forgive them, meaning not hate them, right in the moment, right on the spot, right when the emotion rises, as many times as that temptation crops up, a thousand times a day, for a lifetime if that's what it takes, and it will, believe me, then you can expect to have a long, healthy life. Because once we rise above the thinking that spins these bitter emotions inside, then we start to live without anger. We stop feeding that despicable self the hate energy that it needs to grow and to satisfy its insatiable appetite for judgment and for playing God. If you stop feeding it, stop getting angry and upset, it starves. It shrinks. It deflates. The deflation of ego. You've heard of that. That's what this is. And we come under God's will instead of its will, instead of self-will. We can't just forgive like God forgives. Not in that sense. We're not absolving human beings of their sins. But we can stop projecting hate onto other people. There is an enlightened prescience of understanding. And it exposes, without judgment, it reveals the very nature of this darkness that tempts us to play God. And when you see that, when you see it, you know the game. And it loses its grip. It cannot stand in the light of consciousness. There's nothing else to do except to be awake. Just watch and keep watching. You come out of the fantasy. You experience real time. You see reality. You become energized with physical and mental stamina and a capacity to make decisions with confidence. Decisions that aren't really decisions at all, but just really putting one foot in front of the other without struggling without so much wear and tear on the body and mind. The path becomes obvious. But first, forgive your parents. If you cannot forgive, if you cannot stop resenting your parents, then you'll never be able to stop hating others, and life will suck. God doesn't enter, and that means a life that's unnecessarily overwrought with sorrows and pains. Parents come first. Charity begins at home. Even if you've never met them, forgive them. Now, it's too late for them to have done anything differently. They didn't know any of this. Had they known, maybe they would have done it better. Maybe mother would have known how to not be so impatient and bossy. Or dad would not have been so weak or such a bully. Or he would have stuck around and been the husband and the father he should have been. Whatever the reason. Whatever your story. Surely, if they could have loved you for real, they would have. Then you would have known how to love others for real but they couldn't. No one gave it to them. They didn't have it to pass on. Forgive them by not resenting them, by watching it. That is how to love. And this may have put off some people. I wish it weren't so, because most people don't want to know the truth about what makes them tick, what makes them tick in the wrong direction. And I have had to forgive my parents. I know what they've done. I know what they're imperfections were. They're both dead now. And I have imperfections too. And my children have to forgive me for those. Dan, have you forgiven me for my imperfections? Because I'm not perfect. Right? Oh, oh, I'm sure you'll tell me. And that's why I call it a bombshell because a lot of people think that, oh, you're blaming your parents. You're blaming parents. We shouldn't blame parents. No, I'm not blaming parents. They didn't know what they were doing. Because everybody's parent 
was a child, right? Everyone's parent was a child and was passed on to them from their parents. Yeah. And then if you don't rise above it, if you don't get free from it, you'll pass it on to your children that way. And there's there's just no escape. It's been going on for thousands of years. And if we're not careful, it can't go on another thousands of years. We'll, we'll self-destruct. Or maybe it gets really bad. Maybe it gets... Maybe maybe a, a dystopian society is uh, is really going to happen, like the Terminator. <laughs> anyway, I gave you your intro. Yes, but you've probably forgotten it by now. Well, you you actually came up with another one. I came up with another one. Yeah. So, um, no, you're not perfect. <laughs> oh, no, of course not. But a lot of people get a little upset sometimes when I say the things that I do. They say, oh, you're perfect. You think you're perfect. Yeah. Of course not. Of course not. I'm traveling the road toward perfection. I'm moving. I'm progressing. I'm getting better. I'm more perfect today than I was yesterday. Um, as long as I remain conscious, I know that I, I have faith that that is so. And a lot of this that we're talking about is very scriptural, you know. I mean, if you think about it, well, how about the Ten Commandments? Forgive your even, yeah. Honor mother your, and father. Honor your father and mother. Honor, right? Here, here it is. Honor your father and your mother, and then it says why, <laughs> right? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Wow, that your days may be long. You live longer. Yeah. If you give up hating your father and mother, why? Because. First you give, first you stop, you practice on, it's almost like you practice on your parents. Right. Charity begins at home. You practice under your own roof. Mm -hmm. And if you stop hating them, you'll be able to hate, you'll be able to stop hating everyone else too. And there you go. And now you live forever because now you're not stuffing all of that horrible energy into your body and burning out your circuitry. I think it's harder for people with bad parents though. It's harder. No. Well- some people, as I mentioned, have traumas that are much more serious to overcome. Now, it's no secret that I work with a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts, right? And people with, I mean, I help people with their smoking and food addiction and that stuff too. But I will tell you that people, and that's very common. Food is very common. Hardly anybody gets away without having a problem, some sort of problem with food. And you have to be fat either to have a food problem. But I've noticed over the years that the people who have uh, very serious drug problems, there are certain drugs that seem to come, that seem to evolve out of more serious traumas than others. For example, methamphetamine addicts are generally people with really serious resentments toward their parents. And most of the time, it's sexual. Most of the time. What does that mean? In other words, they've been abused sexually, usually molested or raped as children. Okay. Especially the women, especially the girls that are on meth methamphetamine. Okay. Um, it's a really, really powerful drug that really, really, it, it's way more powerful than cocaine or way more powerful than alcohol or food, sugar. And they really, really need the dopaminergic experience like high doses, mm -hmm. you know, it's really, really rough. Right. I don't want to take any, do we have any questions? No. Okay. So we don't have any questions to answer. 
And I don't think we really need to have a big, long dialogue right now, because this was a pretty long monologue. Yeah. This was really just one big, long podcast, and we really right. broke it down into two. We really don't need to, ha- to add a dialogue at the end of this. Okay. 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 If you want to listen to the dialogue between Dan and I, go to the go to episode number 12. Right. You know, so. And this is 13, which is part two. What was it, 13? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, it's unlucky. It's very unlucky. Do you believe in luck? No. Neither do I. It's, am- it's amazing the people who are into horoscopes and superstition, things right. like that. Yeah. But totally scoff religion or or god or anything like that right if they think the stars are telling are, are controlling how they feel a i'm going to disagree with that to some extent what do you mean because they disregard religion well they think the idea of god or the concept in having faith in in a god is silly right or unnecessary maybe in the circles that you know maybe things have changed but i will tell you that uh no i grew up in a catholic environment and that's different a lot of those people, a lot of they're into horoscopes. They're into all that. You're talking about like the, uh, um, I think some of the Latin American. No, you're talking about Santeria. Yeah, the and Latin that they, they put together Catholicism with their voodoo, other beliefs. Yeah, no, you that's, get like this like Christian voodoo, <laughs> right, right, right? Yeah, and the Santeros, yeah, which are the the uh, the voodoo priests. Yeah, well, they have statues of saints and yeah, they, like they shrines they, and stuff. Yeah, they create shrines. They're into burning candles and incantations and casting they're like witch they're like catholic witches right and they have but they're also uh they worship multi-deities they think that uh you know these saints that they have and they create these little altars to them they're all it's kind of an offshoot of of catholicism who also tend to venerate saints but they believe they're like little gods they yeah. speak to them they like candles and they do yeah. all kinds of stuff but they also cast spells and things they're right. very very dangerous in New York, they have what they call botanicas, and it's basically a place. It's it looks like a store. It's a regular, or they could have a botanica in the back of a like a, a bodega, which is a a, a a convenience store. Right, and they sell all kinds of herbs and things and for spells and, and for casting spells and, and yeah, uh, enchantments and yep. things like that. They, right? They'll give you the spells. You can actually set up meetings with these self-proclaimed, uh, you know, they're like shamans, you know, but they're. They're particular to that culture. They, yeah. they call them Santeros. That was always how I felt about this is going that direction, like Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Which is around Halloween. Right. Right. And that's which a, literally means Well, Day of the Dead. Right. Okay. And it's a Mexican holiday. Right. And it's about honoring the dead. So they put up they make little shrines for their dead relatives. Right. And we actually used to celebrate it even in school. Uh I went to Catholic school. Wait, no, I never had that growing up in Catholic school. Well, I, I was in in Spanish class. We always oh, used to I see Spanish class. Okay, yes. But it always seemed very un-Catholic to me, uh, or un-Christian. Just putting such an emphasis on on dead people and and the lore behind their spirits coming back and visiting you, right? Stuff like that. You know, there's there's really no. Um, I just found it f- funny that we were celebrating a holiday like that in in Catholic school. Right. It's like, how is this Catholic? Well, there are a lot of things that the Catholics get wrong <laughs> yeah that's one of them uh or a lot of i, I should say there, there are catholics that that do better than others because like any religion there are different sects you know mm-hmm. s-e-c-t-s S- sort of different sects different ways different philosophies within one religion um the truth is the dead are dead yeah they're gone that's it and the idea is they'll awaken one day 
but they're gone right now. You can't pray to your aunt to watch over you. Right. You know, or you can't pray to your... That, that, Jesus never taught that stuff. Mm-hmm. He never taught to pray to your dead relatives and, the, oh, my Uncle Joe is watching over me. No, he's not. He's dead. He's not conscious. He can't talk to you. Mm-hmm. Aunt Nellie is not watching you on the toilet. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no one peeking in and... Gonna, Nobody gonna, ever addresses that aspect of of dead people looking over you, by the way. Yeah, while well, they're watching you. What? They're watching <laughs> you have sex? They're watching you... Use the bathroom. Use the bathroom. Sleep. I mean, what, you know, I don't want. See, pick my nose. Yeah. Or take a shower. Come on. I don't want, I don't want my dead grandmother seeing me do this stuff. Yeah. No, they're dead. They're dead. They're gone. There's, there's only one human being that's ever transcended death. And, uh, we are to follow his lead and we are to also transcend. We're not supposed to die. Mm. We, we do. Because we fall into this this realm of the of the world that that I speak about all the time, and that's what kills us. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long. Well, your days will be cut short if you don't honor your mother and your father. Notice it doesn't say honor your mother and father if you had a good mother and father. Right. It says honor. Your, that's what I you know talk about. There are some people that are just rotten to the core, and their parents. And you could say they don't deserve honoring. You have to forgive them too. You know, sometimes, well, what I'm saying is the argument would be made is they don't deserve it. Well, they, well, that's, that's a big problem. Like when you actually do something wrong, right. That I think is just objectively wrong. That I do? Sure. Right. This is an example. Right. It's hard to forgive you because it's like, no, he shouldn't have done that. He should not have done that. Right. No, you have to forgive. That's the block. And what is my, since you were little kids, right? What is my little, my little speech that goes along with that? Usually it's like, listen, no matter what I've done, if I was the most rotten, if I did it on purpose, if I just wanted to harm you, if I just wanted to do something terrible, yeah, you would still have to forgive me. Right. You would still have to do it. So no matter how rotten a parent is, how cruel, how unjust, there are people that do unspeakable things to their own children. We, we've, we see it in the news. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. I don't even want to mention it. Unmentionable things. That child will survive if it forgives the parent. There's no doubt about that. Yes. But it's very hard to do. So let's end on a scriptural concept. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Okay. And we'll leave it at that. Okay. And that'll be it for today. This is episode number 13. (laughs) Join us again next time, and thank you very much for listening. Just mention the website, please. Uh, Schwarzhoffmedia.com is the website. And go to schwarzhoffmedia.com slash podcast uh, to submit your questions, because we like answering your questions on the podcast. You should also subscribe to the podcast and get it regularly. Get a notification whenever a new one goes up. Okay? All right. Well, thanks for listening, and join us again next time. Bye-bye.